You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com aware. Terms apply. Mean Old Lion Media, where black and brown voices truly matter. Hey guys, this is Russ, and this is the Overlook Podcast. Today, we're talking about the disappearance of Rosalind Velasquez. Rosalind Velasquez is a 16-year-old female missing from Radcliffe, Kentucky. She has been missing since August 24, 2020. Rosalind is described as a bright girl who enjoyed drawing, playing the violin, and anime. She has pet cats who she loves, and she's considered very introverted. Rosalind suffers with anxiety and did not leave the home often, as it stated that she had a fear of others as she was a victim of bullying. Her mother states, it's not her character to be away from home. It was a struggle to get her to go to appointments because she developed a phobia towards people. She was bullied in the seventh grade and became introverted. Now, on August 24, 2020, Rosalind told a friend on Instagram Live that she had taken some pills and was going to walk in the woods. This was in the early morning hours, around 3 to 4.30 a.m. Now, going for late night walks wasn't uncharacteristic for Rosalind, as it's reported that that's something that she liked to do. However, her mom says she always told her when she was going to do one of these walks. This time, Rosalind did not. Her mother reports seeing her last around 2.30 a.m. on August the 24th, 2020. She states that Rosalind had went to the kitchen to get some water, and her mom told her, hey, you need to get some sleep. Now, when Rosalind's mother left for work the next morning, she assumed that Rosalind was hiding in her closet, as this is something she often did when she was coping with anxiety. Rosalind's mother did not realize she was actually missing until she came home from work later that evening. At the time of her disappearance, Rosalind was a student at North Harden High School. At the time, she was living in the apartment with her mother. Now, the area in which this apartment was in is not exactly the ideal place to go walking late at night. Her apartment complex is adjacent to the North Harden High School, but it's between two highways, Highway 31 West and Joe Prather Highway. Now, we know her mother reported her missing when she came home from work, and that was the very same day she told her friend she was going for a walk. Now, police knocked on the doors of residents of nearby homes and local businesses and hotels trying to find leads. Flyers were left in various local areas. And at the time, police did receive calls about sightings, but nothing concrete really panned out. The police began working with the Kentucky Attorney General's Task Force for Missing Children and managed to get the case featured on an A&E show called Live Rescue in December of 2020. However, the case still seems largely unknown. When Rosalind first went missing, there was no signs of abductions. However, there were fears that she may have harmed herself. But the truth is, there's really not enough evidence to support either case. Now, Rosalind's phone and social media accounts have not been used since she disappeared. Though, it is reported her cell phone pinged in the same general area. Police noted that the last couple pings from her phone were located within one to two miles apart from each other. And while, yes, the police have made it clear that this is technically a walkable distance, they seem to believe that some type of vehicle was involved during this time period. 
Rosalind's mother reports that she and Rosalind were close. It had just been the two of them for a while. They had only been in the Kentucky area for about two years when Rosalind disappeared. Her mother states, I suffered my whole life with trauma. I don't know how much torture I deserve, but the not knowing is the most devastating thing I've ever had to cope with. Currently, police are hoping more concrete leads will show up. They have made a few calls of remembrance and urgence to the public since Rosalind's been missing to keep the case fresh in the mind of the public. Detective Joe Gonzalez is quoted by the News Enterprise as stating, it's all about awareness. If they take the time and just look around, if something seems out of place, somebody's not acting right, just give us a call. It may be nothing, but you never know. A lot of these cases are solved by luck of the draw. Somebody might bump into her at a gas station, a mall, a restaurant, somewhere, and we might just get lucky. Currently, the police are still actively working on this case and looking for clues. In the meantime, Rosalind's mother holds out hope to get answers of any sort. The news enterprise quotes her saying, you're forced to hold yourself together, continue life, hide in the pain. I'm in an acceptance stage of my grief. I'm preparing for good or bad news the best way I know how. Now, after a few social media hunts, it looks like initially mom may have had some issues getting Rosalind's case out there on the news. In a Facebook post from August 24, 2020, the same day that she went missing, the Radcliffe Police Department, they posted about Rosalind's disappearance on Facebook. And honestly, it seems like they've done a good job and it seems like they've been on it from the get-go. In comments on their Facebook post, we find out that some of Rosalind's family had reached out to local news stations to cover the story and they were told they would, but nothing had happened. And as we know, when it comes to missing person cases, time is of the essence. Getting a story out to the public within a few hours versus a few days can make all of the difference. And as of August 27, 2020, three days after she had disappeared, it appears no local stations had covered the story. Now, again, in that same comment section, we find out that the mom was worried that Rosalind was possibly suicidal. We find a comment from mom confirming that it is believed that Rosalind was heavily medicated and she was struggling with her mental health at the time. At the time, it appears that she was under professional treatment for about three years at that point. Now, though we know Rosalind was possibly suicidal, it's a bit odd that no trace of her has been found. If she was on foot, as Rosalind did not have a car, she was believed to be heavily medicated. How far could she have gone on foot heavily medicated? And we know police have access to her phone records, but there seems to be no indication of her reaching out to anyone to come pick her up or anything. So how far could she have gotten away by foot while still leaving no traces of where she could have gone or where she is? And this kind of goes back to the speculation that there was some type of car involvement, but no one knows how. No one knows who will pick her up. She was very close off into herself, so who would pick her up? Now, her mother posted a picture she found in Rosalind's belongings on October 16, 2021. The letter was absolutely heartbreaking to read. Essentially, Rosalind wrote a letter to God just showing appreciation despite all of her hardships. She asked God to continue to help her and continue to protect her family. In the letter, she asked God to just show her hope and give her guidance. On this very same Facebook page that is just dedicated to finding Rosalind, there are a few different posts without explanation. 
The page has a lot of posts about sex trafficking rings and sex trafficking ring stories. However, I could not find anywhere where it's clearly stated that police believe that Rosalind may have been trafficking. However, there are a couple telltale things like there was a group started in Rosalind's local community named SAFE. SAFE stands for Stay Alert for Everybody. Now, from what I can find out, this group was started in Rosalind's local community, and it was started out of wanting to do more to protect citizens in the wake of Rosalind's disappearance. And when you look at the group, the group is very active against sex trafficking. It seems to be a big part of their mission, which again is interesting because in articles that talk about SAFE, they talk about how this group was started in response to Rosalind's disappearance, yet I could not find anywhere where the police directly stated that they believe Rosalind may be a victim of sex trafficking. While the police have not made a statement directly connecting Rosalind to any sex trafficking cases, it's not that far of a stretch as Kentucky has been a bit of a hotspot for sex trafficking. There was a 47 victim rescue and a human trafficking sting across the country. 102 people were arrested across 12 states. Out of the 47 victims, 21 of those victims were from Kentucky alone. So it would not be that far of a stretch if anyone wondered if sex trafficking was involved in the disappearance of Rosalind. But I want to be very clear that this is not something that has ever been directly stated to the public. About an 11-month time period in the disappearance of Rosalind, other girls in nearby Kentucky areas also went missing. Rania Murphy, age 16, went missing on June 22, 2021 from Sonora, Kentucky. Kamaria Johnson, also age 16, went missing from Radcliffe, Kentucky on May 26, 2021. Now, with these three girls missing, two of them both from Radcliffe, all of them age 16, the community started to worry, was something going on? Were these cases connected? But the police do not believe these cases are connected whatsoever. Police concluded that the three girls did not know each other, nor did they live by each other. In fact, Rainia's case was immediately labeled a runaway, and she has actually since been found. Roslyn and Kamaria, however, are still missing. Now, even though police have concluded these cases aren't related, speculation still grew for quite some time, as both girls were last reported seen in neighborhoods that were off Highway 31 West. And though they are missing several months apart from one another, they were both in Radcliffe, and Radcliffe is a relatively small city. And for many in the area, it seemed odd to have two unresolved cases of missing teenage girls, both 16, near Highway 31 West. So of course, initially, when I read this, I thought, Mm, okay, this doesn't seem right. This doesn't seem on the up and up. And I try to look into Kamaria's disappearance. However, the news just really did not follow up on Kamaria's case at all. I could not find a lot of information about her disappearance. I kept coming across pages with the same four to six sentences on her disappearance, which mostly just described her physical features. And in fact, for a while there, I was even 100% sure on her name, as some sites reported her as Kamari, and other sites reported her as Kamaria. Now, she was featured shortly on the ID channels in pursuit with John Walsh. At the end of his show, he does a segment where he briefly goes over details of current missing individuals, and she was one of the individuals featured. 
the problem is, like all the articles I found, very little information was given. There was no new information other than, again, descriptions of pretty much what she was wearing when she was last seen. The brief couple sentences that you find on every other website. Now, after doing some digging, I came across a page on Twitter that I believe is Kamaria's mother's page. And in June of 2020, she posted that a canine unit was able to track Kamaria to Dixie near Fort Knox and that it was believed that Kamaria was picked up by someone who saw that she was a person in need. They're not sure who exactly picked Kamaria up. Now, after a little bit more digging, I found that her mom interviewed with Real Talk with Mike Steele. And this interview can be found on Facebook. If you type in Real Talk with Mike Steele, Kamaria Johnson, it will pull right up for you. Now, this interview gives more information than I have found anywhere else in the case. Her mother states that Kamaria was living with her father at the time that she disappeared. And according to mom, her father actually reported her as a runaway. Now, the mother states that after 24 hours, she got very concerned because it didn't appear her father was really looking for her. Now, according to mom, it came to light nine days later that a more aggressive incident took place than the one that was really reported, but mom does not go into details about what that incident was. She states that because Kamaria's father reported this as a runaway, that she could not get an Amber Alert issued for her daughter. Now, mother states that eventually canine dogs were used to track Kamaria, and from that, they believe Kamaria may have got to a vehicle at some point, and they were able to track her sit in that vehicle up into a busy intersection. The mother explains that the police actually really tried hard. They blocked off a busy intersection to see if they could pick up on which direction the car went and if they could pick up on anything else. And all they were able to pick up on was that the car that she was in took a left at that intersection. But that's pretty much it. In the same interview, mom states that one of the things she's concerned about is that Kamaria may look different than the pictures that are being posted on social media of her. Mother states it's believed that Kamaria's facial features will be different. But again, this is a statement that she does not go into and she does not explain. But I do want to say there is a heavy overtone during the whole interview that seems to suggest that there may have been some form of physical abuse going on in the home. And I do want to be clear that it's never outright stated that there is physical abuse in the home or anything such as that. However, that is kind of the tone that is given off during the interview. Mom is very careful with her words. Mom did state that she believes that her daughter is in fear of her life, especially from her father, and that she believes her daughter was really just running away from her father at that time. Now, mom did report that at one point in time that her daughter did file against her father for harming her in the past, but the investigation came back unfounded. Now, again, this is the only place I was able to find really any details about Kamaria and her disappearance whatsoever. However, with information that was given in this interview, it's easier to see why the police have stated they do not believe Kamaria and Rosalind's case are related to one another. Now, let's go to the theories. Theory one, there's a question of if Rosalind simply ran away, but there's a lot of side-eye that comes with this theory. One, because though Rosalind took her phone, she didn't take any money, she didn't take a charger, she didn't take her earbuds, which her mom says she always took with her, and she didn't take any extra clothes. We also have to keep in mind, there's a belief that Rosalind was heavily medicated at this time. It just doesn't seem smart to heavily medicate yourself if your plan is to run away. Then not only that, we have to keep in mind that Rosalind was extremely introverted. 
I mean, it was a regular for her to go in her closet and essentially hide from the world as a coping mechanism when she felt overwhelmed. We see it described in multiple articles that she has somewhat of a fear of other people due to being constantly bullied. And it just seems that someone with those type of fears would have an issue with running away into a strange world with a bunch of strangers while having such a huge fear of strangers. Theory 2. Suicide. Now, it is reported that Rosslyn did struggle with suicidal ideations and that she struggled with her mental health. And because it is believed she was heavily medicated before she left, it makes people wonder, did she leave with the intent of harming herself? And all of that does seem to add up to a possible suicide. However, it leaves the question about her iPhone. Her iPhone pinged a couple of times, and each time that it pinged, it was between one to two miles away from each other. And it just feels a bit odd that if she was going to commit suicide and she was going to walk in a wooded area, that she would not do this in the wooded area. That instead, she decided to walk a couple miles from place to place. That seems just a bit odd. Now, one can argue that maybe because she was heavily medicated, that she was not making decisions like she normally would. But then there's still the question of, if this was the planning goal, where is her body? No body has ever been found. In fact, Rosalind's phone has not ever been found. Nothing has been found. And if she was indeed walking, Radcliffe is not that big of a place. And police did a pretty good thorough search. Why haven't we found Rosalind? And the last thing you'll more than likely come across in this case is, is it possible Rosalind was picked up by a stranger? Police seem to infer that there's a chance that a car may have been involved from the way that her phone was pinging from a one to two mile radius from the last locations. But there seems to be no indication of who picked her up and by what means. We know that she wasn't driving, she didn't have a vehicle, but there seems to be no indication of her reaching out to anyone to pick her up. So who was this person that picked her up? From what we know, it appears she might have been heavily medicated, so there's a high chance her decision-making abilities may have been impaired, if she was even allowed to make a decision at all. And this goes back to the question of, is trafficking involved? Because again, we find out that one, the page dedicated to her posts a lot of stories about trafficking. You also have the SAFE organization that was formed following her disappearance and inspired by her disappearance. It's a group that heavily advocates against trafficking. And then again, on top of that, we have the fact that Kentucky is a huge trafficking hub. So many wonder, did somebody take advantage of the fact that they seen this young girl walking and this was simply a crime of opportunity? Unfortunately, this case leaves a lot of open-ended questions as we have almost no evidence and almost nothing to go off of. Currently, there's a $10,000 reward being offered in her case with anyone that has any information that can lead to the whereabouts of Rosalind Velasquez. In regards to Kamari Johnson, there is also a $5,000 reward being offered in her case as well. If anyone has any information on either young lady, you are asked to contact the Radcliffe Police Department at 270-351-4470. That's 270-351-4470. Unfortunately, that is all that we have for this case and in the case of Kamari Johnson. As always, I will have pictures as well as agency contact number for both young ladies posted on my Instagram page, which is the overlooked underscore podcast. Again, that's on Instagram. 
You are encouraged to like, subscribe, leave comments and reviews on wherever you listen to this podcast. And as always, be safe and stay vigilant. And I'll have a new episode for you guys next Sunday. Bye. Mean Old Lion Media, where black and brown voices truly matter. You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com aware. Terms apply.